welcome back to the Mind Body Musings podcast. This is Maddie Moon, your show's host, and I'm so excited about today's amazing guest. Before I get to that, I just had one quick little announcement I wanted to share with you guys. If you're on my mailing list, you probably got this little email on Monday, but I wanted to share with you that there is an ebook bundle for sale going on right now. I'm not really much for promoting, but I'm pretty excited about this. After quite a few months of putting this ebook bundle together, we have created the most ultimate muscle collective ebook bundle ever. It's amazing. In this ebook bundle, you will get um, my 90 day workout program, which you know is $24.99, as well as Ben Greenfield's books, as well as 34 others, a total of 29 authors. And the total cost of um, this bundle is typically $1,814.43. and it's for sale for $37. So let that soak in. That's a lot of knowledge in one place. So you guys, if you want to go and check this out, head on over to my um, podcast post. I will have this on the post for this episode. Click the link and you can go check out all of the different authors that are in this and all the different books. Um, it's pretty awesome. I'm really excited about it. This is my first bundle to be in. So if you want to support me, this is a great way to do it. Um, if you want to support your own body, this is a great way to do it. And I really hope you check it out. So that's all the announcements I have today. Let's go head on over. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Maddie Moon with episode eight of Mind Body Musings, the podcast where you can learn the most intricate details about the body, the mind, and how lifestyle choices link the two to create individual health for every shape and size. So what in the world can I say today that will do our guest justice? Stephanie Ruper, author of the best-selling book, Sexy by Nature, in the paleo for Women blog is with us today to talk about sexiness, hormones, and self-love. This girl has gone through so much in her life, and her answer to recovery was to dive deep into what it means to really cultivate unconditional self-appreciation. Stephanie made it her mission to figure out how people can once more love their bodies no matter what they've gone through. Whether she's out on the dance floor go-go dancing, or she's in a library researching for her PhD. She's loving her body and mind as the beautiful creation it is. Hey, Stephanie, thanks so much for joining me today. How are you doing? Um, I'm really good after that introduction. That was, prob- <laughs> that was probably one of the better podcast introductions I've ever heard. Really? Yes. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I spent some time writing it because I was like, I don't even know what to say. She's done so much. She, she's so awesome. I, I just I had to put some, some effort into that one. I wish people who were impressed by how much I've done knew how much TV I watched. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. No, I, I honestly, I watch, I watch quite a bit of TV and I feel really bad about it. But I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm busy all day long. So if I want to watch The Bachelorette, I can watch The Bachelorette and no one has to know. Except now thousands of people know. So I just Now thousands of people know. <laughs> yeah. I don't judge people for watching TV, you know, whatever, do what makes you happy. But I will judge you for the content of the TV you watch. So now I know you watch the <laughs> My quality is actually like I'm having a higher standard for sure. Like I'm starting to turn on things and then turn them off because it's so stupid. But I'm sorry, like The Bachelorette is just, it's just I don't know. It's an, it's just one of those things I've been watching forever. Got to keep it up. All right. <laughs> okay, so I kind of want to start this by reading a quote that you wrote. Can I do that? Yeah, that cool? please. Uh, yeah. Okay. This quote, like seriously stood out to me and I was obsessed with it. Actually, I have two really huge quotes, but I'm just going to read one. I might read the other one later, but I'm just going to read one and then you can just we can just dive on in with your background and everything, but this will set it up really nicely what you're all about. Okay. So Stephanie said, <laughs> "Sexy is not restriction. Sexy is not discipline. Sexy is not thin. Sexy is not meeting someone else's expectations." Sexy is about fitness and having a strong, shapely, feminine figure, particular to your own genes and your own nature. Sexy is being excited to be at home in your own body. Sexy is having such a good relationship with your body that no amount of magazine ads taunting you will ever put you at war with yourself again. I am firmly on the side of my body now. I know that being healthy is what makes me sexy. 
My body is a natural body that needs me to listen to it and love it and nourish it. The more I give it these things, the sexier I am, the better my life gets. The more I give my body love, the more and more my body loves me back. Clear skin, better sleep, ravenous libido, a natural maintained sexy waistline, positive mental energy, energy to set the world on fire. Oh my God, Stephanie, that's such a good quote. Thank you. Um, you you ran a little bit longer than most people normally do because that gets quoted to me. You know, oh, does it really? Oh, yeah. God. Well, because people, um, I, if I like, if I could have a like job, I would just want to like write quotable things. Um, <laughs> people, uh, people do uh, highlight that that quote a fair amount of time, but they they ordinarily stop before it. You get to the energy to set the world on fire part. That's one um, of the best parts. So I really think that's silly that they would skip that. I have to say that. I don't know. That's just such a good quote. I was reading that blog post, obviously, that wrote that quote, and it just really stuck out to me, and I thought I was going to be really original by reading your own quote to you, but I guess not. <laughs> Sorry. I was like, she's well, going like, to love this. <laughs> I, uh, I guest hosted uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Moore's podcast for him, and I, I asked him if I could, like, he wanted me to talk about my book, and I asked him if I could have somebody else on with me. He's like, no, you can do just fine on your own. So it was me for, like, 56 minutes just talking by myself. <laughs> so I pulled my own, I pulled quotes that people had pulled from my book to, like, talk about them. So I also did that to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Cool. Well, for those people that don't already know about your story, can you give us, you know, just give us the full story. Give us the insight full story it's funny I thought you were gonna be like give me 10 seconds okay. mm -mm, nope not you all right you want the full story um so I was born I'm not, no, just, <laughs> just kidding um the entire story so I had no idea that I was going to end up writing a book like this and as a matter of fact it's still pretty shocking to me that I did um because it's it's not what I do in the rest of my life. Um, advocacy is very challenging for me. I'm a super introvert, despite all my like wild gamboling and whatever at Paleo Effects and other conferences. Um, so it was, it was like it's, it's a book and a project that was a bit off of my path. But the reason I ended up writing it was because I felt like I had something to say that needed to be said. So I went ahead and said it, despite the fact that it was a little bit like out in left field. You know, I've been like a super nerd my whole life, um, not somebody who's all that interested in promoting health and wellness. So anyway, this this happened because I was one of, I think, tens of millions of Americans, uh, men and women, more women, but men and women, um, who dieted a lot and hated herself and wanted to meet a certain body ideal in order to feel loved and confident and accepted and whatnot. And it's funny because the size that I was, that I was so desperate to get away from is like pretty close to what I am right now. <laughs> and now I feel awesome about it. Whereas before I, I felt really horrible. Um, I am five foot two and I weigh roughly 130, maybe 135 pounds. So um, just to let y'all know, I'm, small, but I'm not a twig. Um, in 2009, I finally lost that weight. And it's funny, I lost it after I had a stomach flu. Like I had starved myself for a few days on accident and that gave me enough momentum to like do it on purpose for the next several months. I was eating a low fat vegetarian diet and like seriously low fat, like maybe half an avocado a week, low fat. Um, wow. And yeah, so not super healthy. Um, but I was doing what I thought I was doing all the things extremely that I thought I needed to do to be healthy. Um, cause those were like, you know, the popular ideas. And then, uh, I got really thin. I was really excited about that and I stopped menstruating, but it was like, fine. I didn't care cause I was skinny and I lost my libido, but it was fine. I didn't care. I was skinny. And, um, I eventually developed a bad case of acne, but it was okay. You know, I preferred that. I preferred being skinny, you know, how old so, are you here? 21 okay yeah early 20s um yeah I was 21 and uh I started I was like well the paleo diet that's like 
well, at first it didn't seem like a good idea, but then like I finally caved and read the books, and I was like, oh yeah, that is a good idea. Um, that's going to fix everything. And of course it fixed nothing. Because I was eating the right foods, but I wasn't doing it in the right way. You know, like you can, there are a lot of ways to be like within a paleo template and still be so radically unhealthy. You know, I eat like raw vegetables and, you know, almonds and sardines, but not a whole lot else. So. Mm-hmm. And then there's the opposite extreme where you just eat like the processed paleo stuff. Yeah. And you. Exactly. It's all across the board. Being paleo does not mean that you're healthy. No, I mean, yeah, necessarily, of course. I mean, yeah. being anything doesn't mean that you're healthy. Exactly. And there are a lot of healthy people out there who aren't paleo, so mm-hmm. <laughs> let's uh-huh. not forget that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a long talk with somebody about that yesterday. So anyway, that's like, that's that was kind of the starting point for me. And I started trying really hard to find a way to have good health and be thin at the same time. So I dug into the medical literature, you know, I have a background in the sciences and I got to know polycystic ovarian syndrome, which I was diagnosed with, um, hypothalamic amenorrhea, anemia, hypothyroidism, like the whole class of conditions people get when they starve themselves or are too stressed out. I started researching those and I began to suspect that I needed to gain weight in order to be healthier and I still didn't really want to like at all. My last ditch attempt to have my cake and eat it too was to take an acne clearing drug called spironolactone, um, which actually made my acne worse and then um, gave me a kidney problem, which makes my heart beat irregularly and gives me anxiety and insomnia. And I've been wrestling with that for two years. So, anyway, that was very unpleasant. And I began to realize that I was in such a poor state of health. I mean, it was my fault, but it was my choice because society made me feel that way. So I say this in the book. um, The most important thing I did was um, the next step, which was to get angry. So I got angry on behalf of myself and I got angry on behalf of all the other people who had suffered because of these body image norms. And the rest was sort of history. I decided that I needed to write the book. So because I wanted to write the book, I actually started the blog. Um, The book came first. The blog came second. Um, And I became super passionate about this sort of thing. And it's still just one small piece of my whole, like, endeavor in life, um, what I'm trying to do with healing. But I I think that's most of it. Oh, and I ended up putting on the weight and starting menstruating and clearing my skin. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and I don't um I don't I eat like strict paleo. I'm putting air quotes up. I do. Um but again, that's largely like as a choice, you know, not a rule, it's a choice and um and I eat a lot of carbohydrates and I'm not oh, ashamed thank, of that. Thank thank you. Just so many thank yous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it would be important to tell you that. I'll even throw some number, some shocking numbers out there. Um, if I, if I'm honest with myself, when I do the math, I think I eat more than a thousand pounds of apples a year. Oh my god! Out of all the things, it's like apples, thousand pounds of apples. Well, so I, you know, uh, I love it. That's awesome. I like carbs and fruit. I tend to do a lot better than starch. Um, I just, I don't handle starch very well for a wide variety of reasons. Fruit, I do better and apples are really cheap and I don't, (laughs) I'm a writer, so I don't make any money. (laughs) And that's why you have an apple on the cover of your book, right? Um, Yeah, I, I I don't know if it's an apple, it's orange. So I, I've I've personally always thought of it as a peach. Oh, well, when I see it, I think of, you know, you've gotten this before. I think of like Adam and Eve, Eve. and so I I'm know. like, oh, there's Eve with her apple. I know, and you, and you know what's so funny is I like for a job study the philosophy of religion, and I was working on that cover with like an apple theme for months before somebody else had to tell me that it reminded them of Eve. I was like, oh, oh, wow. oh, oh my god! And like that's my job, religion, and it just totally blew past. Did you me, like that so. connection, or were you kind of like, that's weird? Um. You know what? I kind of like the way we did it, mm-hmm. like the way it ended up being. At first, it was not it was not very good, and like the silhouette, she was kind of I, I wish the audience could see this, but she was uh, sort of like 
lounging like posed back and her hair was like this and she looked like um the silhouette that you see on mud flaps <laughs> do you know what i'm talking about like on trucker mud flaps there's like oh this... yes 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 yeah that's what she looked that's like super and it sexy was... girl that oh yeah super sexy in that horribly objectified strip club kind of way so yeah, that reminds me of that um that rabbit movie the cartoons like yeah, like yeah half yeah. cartoons and half like real people yeah what's her name the uh, redhead and the yeah, red dress that, exactly yeah i used to know this guy who actually had a crush on her and it was really weird like really weird <laughs> we were watching the movie together and he's like you just wait till you see this girl and i was like Oh, okay. And then it turns out to be a cartoon, and I never saw him again because it really freaked me out. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, way off topic. But, um, anyway. wow. That's incredible. So, I'm assuming that, like, I mean, for some people, going through a kind of disordered eating is just, it, it ruins so much. It doesn't ruin, but it distracts so much of their life from the beautiful things and you know they just spend years and years and years torturing themselves but you like totally took this took this part of your life and turned it it actually created the rest of your life like it totally led you into an, a new path and you're helping all of these women who are listening to you and hearing the story and going through the same thing and like when you're talking about your story I'm resonating with it so much because I mean I've Exactly what you said. I mean, my listeners know my story, so I'll repeat it again. But everything you said, the vegetarian, the low-fat, like... And I'm even going to talk about something pretty personal here that I haven't talked about yet. But I was in a, um, I was on birth control for, like, four years, right? And I got off of it in February, this February. Like, I was really proud of myself. I was like, I don't need to be on this. It's stupid. Um, I haven't had my period yet. And it's, like, June now. And... I haven't got I haven't gone to get my hormones checked or anything and that's definitely on my list. I know I need to go, but like it's really frightening not to have your period and like I this is not the first time it's happened. Like right now it's happening because of the birth control obviously, I think. I don't know. I mean, I've gone through a lot of dieting a lot. And this actually happened to me in high school. I didn't have one for 7 months. And I took like this pill, of course, for four days in a row and my period came back. So I don't have no clue what was in that. Probably some extremely strong stuff. My emotions were it insane. <laughs> it was high dose. It's, um, that's pretty standard procedure for um, trying to get women who don't menstruate to do it. Wait, can you say that again? It was high dose what? Progesterone. Oh, progesterone. Okay, yeah. That's what they gave me then. And I totally didn't think about it at the time because I was vegetarian. I thought I was super healthy. I was running seven miles a day, you know, like starving myself, only eating carrots and broccoli. And I was like, I'm the healthiest person ever. You know, I can take this pill. I can handle it. And it was, I mean, it got me back on my period. Yay, whatever. But it was awful. And I don't want to do it that way. So food. Can, can food fix this type of, hormone imbalance yours any any not really necessarily mine mine might be a little bit different <laughs> um food is <laughs> definitely a part of it but it's it's not all of it right like um because your body has to be a healthy size and you can't be too stressed out because mental stress will cause serious hormone imbalances and as, as a matter of fact studies of different primate groups have shown that monkeys that eat the exact same diet but are at different places in the social hierarchy have different like fertility rates like the more popular ones have regular hormonal cycles and the less popular monkeys don't like isn't that crazy wow that's yeah that's insane i wonder like what i would be if i was a monkey i'd probably be like one of the the big apes just lounging eating bananas all day long not that popular sitting by itself. <laughs> I, think, I think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unless you're, like, the big one who's hanging out and everybody else is just serving them bananas, you know. So, right. Um, anyway, so stress is important. Being a healthy weight is important. You can't exercise too much as a woman. That's important. And then the food, it's like you got to generally eat the right stuff, you know. Um, and, of course, it's, this varies woman to woman. So if you have an autoimmune disease, you have to, like, be really strict I think, or your, your hormones can be messed up. 
if you don't like you know I don't I think you don't have to be as strict um, but the food you eat should be pretty good and you gotta do it in the right way which is to say like we were talking about like you can't you can eat all the right foods and only 1,000 or 1,500 calories of them a day and I'll go ahead and tell you that right now that's wrong <laughs> it's not doing mm -hmm. your body any favors so um, you have to you have to eat the right foods but you have to do it um, the way I put it in my writing is um, the loving and nourishing way that you do it is the most important mm -hmm. part and that kind of means to give yourself a break and eat without stress in a way yeah I mean that means what I mean by that is when you're this is what I imagine. Say you're sitting down for a meal or whatever and you're eating and you're like, mm, I could stop eating right now, but I kind of maybe, I don't really know. I kind of maybe want to eat more. I believe the proper response is to err on the side of eating more rather than less. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And I believe that the proper way to think about food is to think of it as something that you, well, it's something you enjoy, but it's something that you use to nourish yourself. Like you shouldn't be restricting or controlling your intake you should be eating it as intuitively as possible and being as forgiving as possible when you eat such that you're not actively denying yourself something that you need mm -hmm. or want so the the, the thing I want to ask you then is intuitive eating the more I read about it and the more I try to do it the more I realize that it's hard and the more I realize that I am not even close to having that mastered and I don't like honestly, I don't know what I like anymore. And I'll go into Whole Foods and it's like this huge awesome store and I'm like, oh my god, there's so many things I can buy. What do I want? Normally, I leave empty-handed because I have no clue what I want. The salad bar obviously sounds good, but if I want to go buy actual groceries, completely clueless. Like even the past two days, I'm like, okay, really got to focus on intuitive eating. I don't know. Like, when, you're, when you're young and you're going out to eat with your family and they're like, let's all decide on a restaurant, what sounds good? And you know, one of the kids is like, Chinese food, and the other one's like, Mexican food, and the mom's like, I want sushi, or whatever. And, and you know, they finally decide what they want. Like, I don't know what I would yell, you know? Like, I don't remember the last time I could figure out what sounded good, because I'm just, I'm either like, hmm, what sounds good, a carb, or a protein, or a, a protein plus a carb, with a little more protein, uh -huh. maybe a tablespoon of fat, because that's gonna be around like 457 calories, and that's what I need right now. You know. Uh huh. Yeah, I totally feel you. You know, like I try really hard not to count calories, but I know exactly how much is in everything, right? You know, like 1.7 on average per grapes, 267 on average for avocados, but that depends, you know, of course, that depends on the size, right? I like, I know, I know, I know a calorie. Um, the trick for me is to like, yeah, this is what people pay me hundreds of dollars an hour to teach them how to do. Um, <laughs> I, okay, that doesn't happen that often. Like, don't be over impressed by what, don't be over impressed by what I just said. Um, so, like, I think a lot of people get intimidated by the idea of intuitive eating when you're coming at it from a place of having not done it before, right? So, you're like, well, I don't know what I want. But the thing is, is like this kid who wants Mexican food or whatever, it's not like, oh, I'm listening to my gut flora and they know that I don't eat cumin and so I should eat Mexican <laughs> right. food tonight. That's like, <laughs> I saw a Taco Bell commercial earlier today and I think I want to have Mexican food, right? So <laughs> like, for me, a big part of intuitive eating is like learning to not question where your cravings come from. And, and I think the solution is to, like, more often than not, like, stick within the template of, you know, paleo, roughly paleo foods. But to, like, have it be okay that one day you want Mexican because you saw a Taco Bell sign. And have it be okay that you just ate a meal that was mostly carbohydrate and to not be worried about what that means for your metabolism. And of course, you're going to like generally keep tabs on what you're doing, right? Like you want to know that you're eating enough protein and you want to make sure that you're including healthy foods in your diet. But in general, there is a really good way to like know that you're meeting your needs. Have that as like your baseline. Like I'm getting enough protein. 
I'm getting enough, like I'm getting the baseline level of carb that I need. I'm getting the baseline level of fat, whatever. And I include certain healthy foods in my diet. And then other than that, like I just eat stuff. Um, I told a woman on the phone yesterday that the most important thing I think to think about in terms of diet when you're coming at it from a place of restriction and learning how to eat intuitively is to think about what you're adding, right? Like think about I'm adding liver to my diet. I'm making sure that I'm eating at least 100 grams of fruit a day. I am hoping to include greens once in a while. But other than that, like I'm going to include these things. Other than that, I'm just going to eat stuff. If it tastes good, if it's not, you know, whatever. So <laughs> obviously people don't know you what you know whatever means. But <laughs> I think I've sort of run that that line of thought into the ground of it just being like, a generally healthy diet. I'm including these certain foods and then I'm going to experiment. I'm going to try some stuff. See if I like it. Go to Whole Foods and you're like, try a thing. And you're like, that was good, but I'm going to try something else next time. Right. right. Like you never know anything until you start trying to do it. So if someone's kind of coming from a place of, you know, fear of foods that they're not used to or, they're just not sure if they like something anymore and you know it's just it's just so overwhelming that they don't know what to decide what would you say to them would you recommend that they just i wouldn't i don't like the word force but like you know make themselves try something new will that help them to branch out like just you know have a to challenge themselves in a cup in some way yes one of the important things that i tell people is that um you have to, it's almost like taking a leap of faith. Like the, your hunger signals are there, you know, they work, they're in there. You just, you need to give them a chance and it's not going to be perfect when you give them a chance. The journey, you know, you can take five steps forward and then four or 400 back, you know, what have you. Um, but there is a very big component of like, I have to leap. And then once I leap, you know, I'm, I'm jumping into water and I'm like terrified. There's going to be like sharks and too much salt and it's going to be freezing. And I'm, you know, Leo DiCaprio wasn't going to save me. <laughs> but, but you leap and then you're like, wow, this is like a warm Caribbean sea and I'm holding a margarita and this is cool, right? <laughs> so the you have to do this. You have to start this process in order to see that it's not scary. And... The way I think a really great way to do that is to do it like really slowly and to think about it in terms of experiments. Like I'm going to conduct an experiment. I'm going to have a day where I'm going to eat more carbohydrate than I used to. And if I don't like it, I can back off a little bit. And if I like it, I can explore it further. Either way, like there's there's going back. I can go back and chances are pretty good that once I conduct this experiment, I'm going to find out that it's not that scary. So I think that baby steps, gathering data, and also all like the important psychological work that I would do with people to try and figure right. out where that fear of food comes from, I think those two components are, are the best way to go about that. In, in your experience, where do you think most of that fear does come from? Mm. Uh, it comes from our desire to be loved. But that's mm. funny because you could ask me where anything comes from. And I, that's probably the answer I would give you. Um, we fear certain foods because we're afraid. Well, it's our desire to be loved and our desire not to die, right? So we're afraid on one hand that we're going to be unhealthy, which comes from our fear of dying largely or suffering. Um, but I think that's a little bit more subconscious and a little bit less important to people. I honestly think, I think the dying thing is important, but I honestly think people care more about being pretty than they do about being immortal. So we fear foods because we fear them making us fat or unattractive and we fear being unattractive because we want people to want to make babies with us. Right. And, and ultimately, ultimately, generally, I think that's where it comes from. Obviously, for every person, it comes out in a very specific way, you know, different relationships you've had in the past, different diets you've tried, different health conditions you've had. Um, so it can get it can get very specific and obviously straight from that path. But I I'm pretty certain that our desire to be loved and to not die those are two pretty strong 
pretty strong motivators. And that's that's a really that's a really good point. And it's very interesting how a lot of times people they'll chase after that certain body. And let me know if this is your experience. Like when you lost a lot of weight and when you were dieting and you got, you know, thin, did you feel any more loved or were you kind of feeling you were loving yourself, like you were loving your body or where where was the love? Like what who did you who did you spend time with? Who did you share that perfect body with? I uh- Lots of strangers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad you asked. This is the probably the most important part of my story, and it's the part that I left out um, when I was talking earlier. When I lost weight, like I remember so clearly that this one friend of mine who I had been romantically interested in for years started giving me a lot of sexual attention. Like he, like he could finally love me back because mm-hmm. I was thin. And so in some ways, like, yeah, society was on that ship. Um, But in other ways, I learned in a much more profound way that the way that, like, I felt really confident um, because I had won the game. Like, that's what I thought of it as. Like, I, I beat everybody to the finish line. I got that body that you're supposed to get. And I felt, I felt pretty confident in it. So I went gallivanting around the planet, and um, I was a go-go dancer for a while, um, which is a lot of fun. It's one of the more fun jobs I've ever had. <laughs> and I, um, I learned that what people really loved about me was the confident way that I was acting. You know, some mm-hmm. I still had fat days. I still had bad days. Obviously, when you're really thin, like the tiniest thing makes a difference, you know, like you can see one sweet potato the next morning, you know, um, I'm sh- as a past competitor or whatever, I'm sure you know what that's like. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So so I, I had bad days and on my bad days, I didn't act very well and people were like were pretty indifferent to me. But on days that I felt good about myself and in which I'm certain that I looked exactly the same as I did on my bad days, uh, people responded to me happily. And that is to say, like, yeah, this is about romantic attraction and physical stuff, but it's also largely just about, like, friendship and the planet and being nice to strangers. I mean, it's so important for me to not be afraid of what people are going to think of me when I walk past them on the street because if I'm afraid of what they're going to think of me, I'm not going to look them in the eyes. I'm not going to smile. Like I'm, I'm going to lose a really important part of what makes me happy, which is having even fleeting connections with strangers. And I think that's one of the most, I mean, that's, that's just amazing. That's that you can recognize that, but, but really I, I feel the same way when I got super lean for my show my confidence soared. Like, I am not going to lie. I felt awesome. It's the only time where I don't get obsessed over my weight or my body. I, I don't get on the scale. I don't care what I weigh. You know, like, I feel so good. I, I feel like I look good. I'm more flirtatious. Um, I don't know. I'm just, like, so comfortable in my skin. And then once I start gaining a little bit of weight, the, the obsessive thinking starts, like the negative attitude starts, the self-conscious thoughts start, the, the um, isolation starts, you know, and the, the really difficult thing for me to grasp is how to transfer over that skinny confidence, that, you know, fit fitness model confidence over to lifetime confidence and just no conditions and that's the that's the the key here is how to figure out how to do that i yeah i tell people sometimes that i wrote sexy by nature so i could read sexy by nature oh i love that <laughs> yeah because because it's true like you know i really believe those things but i have to continually enforce them um one piece i have gotten like again it's like I'm not as thin as I was, but I'm not like I'm not overweight. So it's it's I know that it's I'm in a slightly easier position, but I have come from a place of, you know, raging confidence and and moving to this place. It's like, okay, how do I hold on to that? Right. Um, And again, read my book. Uh, (laughs) But the the primary thing for me is to 
honestly, it's to like it's to be a little bit angry and a little bit like uh, indignant and proud of myself for not like to me it's more important as a character statement to be somebody who can resist the pressure Mm -hmm. than it is to be somebody who caves to the pressure like I'm more proud of myself for standing up for myself than I would be if I caved and became thin which I could do easily very easily like I know how to do that but I'm not it's not even hard like it's once you figure it out, it's not that hard, but then you have to, then you have to like every day wake up and decide that's not what I want. I mm-hmm. know what I want and it, the hard, the hard route is to do what, what you do and to do what I'm trying to do is to say, I'm not going to cave in anymore. I know mm-hmm. what I want and I want this for life. I want freedom for life. And then the, the, the easy way out is to say, just kidding. Society's right. That's what I should mm-hmm. look like. I need to abide by their rules of, you know, what attractive means and and then battle it for life. Yes, I, I like I could not agree with you more. As a matter of fact, I was quoted saying something like that on the Balanced Bites podcast. And then people got really upset with me because <laughs> really? they were like, you have no like you have no idea how hard this. you know eating disorders are I'm like oh my gosh yeah I do (laughs) but also um you know like you don't know how challenging it is to be in this position I'm like no 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 this is more of like commentary on society as a whole and what we're speaking to is like literally courage and I am Mm. proud of myself for summoning that courage and and I care about that far more than I care about meeting a norm as a matter of fact like I I I prefer that now, you know, and I prefer that in other people and I'm working on my next book and, and a lot of my writing in the brainstorming process was about like how much I don't want to look like a fitness competitor because, (laughs) because I want to look like somebody who like, who stands up to that and somebody who prioritizes other things. Like I want to look like I prioritize love and making the world a better place. Mm. And so I like I try I try really hard to live that way and um, and that's that that's very helpful and I also like I said I've had ex- I it's another one of those experiment things like I gained weight and it was scary it was like oh my god are people still going to be attracted to me and then I went out to bars and I like really solidified my confidence I'm like just go out there and be the same be the same and people treat me the same way. People still like me. People still like dancing with me because I, I act the same way. And so I got like, I got the data. I learned that I learned that the world is actually not as terrifying as I had thought. Mm -hmm. I love that. So do you kind of think that dancing is really good for releasing your inner sexiness? I believe you think, yeah. <laughs> I do for a lot of reasons. I mean, it's it's kind of cheating for me because um, I've been dancing for 23 years now and um, at a pretty high level. So I I don't look ridiculous on a dance floor, right? right? So it, it's, it's cheating for me. I've I mean, heard. like dancing for everybody is really sexy because because that, that's my you know that's been a job of mine. But like I also. I really believe that dancing and looking like a complete ass, you know, like when I'm with people and I'm not like out salsa dancing, I'm not doing like this regimented thing. I do my best to just have fun and interact with the people around me. And Mm -hmm. I believe that dancing by yourself in your kitchen, like it puts you in your body and helps you harmonize the way that you feel with the way that you move. And it really helps me feel embodied and at home in my skin. Do you know of any people that are not good at dancing and how they can express themselves and feel sexier? Like, I I don't, I used to go to bars a lot in Austin and guys flirted with me and it was really nice. And I felt like that did kind of, uh, I guess, boost my confidence in a way because I was getting attraction, you know, it's just... I guess it could be the same way when you lose weight. People are like, you look great. You know, it feels good to be noticed. And I don't, I just live in a very inconvenient place for going out on the town. I live like, Uh I live like 30 minutes away from all the good stuff. And I don't want to like 
I mean, I can go out and not drink and still have a great time, but you know, sometimes it's fun when they want to buy you a drink or whatever. So I've also been single for like three years and I want to ask you, what are ways that people who don't go out that often are not good at dancing um, and single, how they can, you know, express their sexiness and feel sexier every day? Um, well, I've been, uh, I've been single for five years, so I'm not going to give you advice on how to catch a mate. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> I, uh, how can people go out? And, I mean, the thing is to, good. I have an answer. The thing <laughs> is, to, I'm like, do I have an answer? I like, mm -hmm. I do. I believe the most important thing for being sexy is being true to yourself. That may be a little cliche, but I'm going to go ahead and run with it anyway. You have to own who you are. So if you go out at night and you're a bad dancer, like, fine, own that. Go out there and look ridiculous. And I cross my heart, hope to die, promise you that there will be men or women or whoever you're whatever, that they will feel liberated by you and they'll see resonance in that. And really admire that. It takes a lot more courage to go out on a dance floor when you don't dance well than it does when you do. Mm. And I love all people out in the world, including on a dance floor, but also off it. I love all people so much and want to be around people who are simply enjoying themselves and, and not being so, you know, curled up and afraid in a corner, right? Like, just, we really love when people aren't afraid of us. And I, I think that's really an important way to look at it is when I act confident, I act like I'm not afraid of you. And that's, that's kind of a comforting thing, to be honest. So I like in short out at a bar, like that would be my advice to people mm -hmm. who want to feel good is to like, is to do that. And if you don't want to dance, like fine, don't dance, but stand at the bar and be you. And, and, um, don't be, don't be like overly hurt by rejection. You have no idea what's going on in anybody else's right. brain. Mm -hmm. You know, you have no idea if they, um, if they're suffering in a particular way, if they have some other sort of interesting things going on in their lives, like you can't be hurt by that. And so just accept that that's like a part of life and just be open with people. And, and I yeah. think again, you'll find that the world is not as terrifying as it seems. Right. And yeah, like you said that it's kind of cliche to say be true to you, but really it's we're living in a world where it's it's not the norm to be true to you at all. The norm yeah. is to be true to society and to look like the cover model that's been photoshopped by, you know, four different professional like photoshoppers or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's the new norm and it's so hard to to realize that society is what's telling us what's beautiful, not you. You get to decide what beautiful it means to you. And hopefully it's, you know, being yourself and being true to you. And another point I wanted to add on there from what you said was that for a lot of people that are stuck in this obsessive like dieting, eating disorder cycle, say yes more. It's so, sometimes it's so hard to say yes, especially when you're, when you're chained to your diet and you're single, you just want to say no to everything. You want to like stay inside and, you know, eat your perfect meal on your couch watching whatever show and then go to bed at nine o'clock. And then you wake up and you, you go to work and you start your day over again and you don't have time to express your sexiness, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to... If you want to like feel sexy, like I encourage you to do that. If you don't, it's not the end of the world, right? Like I, I wrote a book on how to feel sexy, but I definitely don't think that's the most important thing in the world. Um, I think it's, uh, there are parts of it, the parts about loving yourself and being true to yourself and confident. Like I think those things are really important for humanity as a whole. Um, but I, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to condemn you for not wanting to go out and do stuff. But I do understand what you mean about being afraid to say yes because you have a routine that like works and you don't want to rock the boat and you're just sort of used to stuff. And that's okay. 
but I can promise you also that leaping into the world of yes is a lot of fun and mm -hmm. you only live once. So people say that to me all the time when I'm out because I go out dancing almost every night of the week. People are like, God, wow. you have so much energy or whatever. I know it's, I can afford it right now because I'm, I'm, a, you know, I'm perpetually unemployed so I can do that. Mm -hmm. But people are, are like, God, you have so much energy or you seem like you're having such a good time. And I'm like, yeah, well, I'm only going to, you know, I only got one shot. So I may as well do it as best I can. Mm, that's such a good point. Yeah. Um, when I, when it, especially like when I say that, um, sorry, I need to get my thoughts together here. When I You're say good. that you need to like go out and be sexy, I really just mean like going to get coffee with a friend, you know, like, yeah. I'm specifically talking to the people that are doing that and don't want to be doing that. Like if you're actually staying inside and you're, you're, you know, you're cooking dinner for yourself and you're enjoying that and you, you know, you're dancing in the kitchen, you're feeling good. Keep doing that for sure. I'm really just talking to the people that are like, you know, having this fear of going out because mm. what's going to happen if I do miss this meal? Like what's going to happen if my macros aren't spot on? Yada, yada, yada. Like specifically for those people. I mean, because speaking from experience, I noticed that whenever I start getting on a diet, I say no to everything, like everything. And I'm mm -hmm. like really craving to go do something. I'm like, no, I can't because I have a 5 a.m. workout. Like I can't, I can't, yeah. like can't do all these fun things because I have these rules. And for some reason, it's kind of comforting to have these rules. And then it's just me and my rules happily ever after. <laughs> I, um, I heard a there's a wonderful comedian named Pete Holmes, um, and he did a bit on body image issues and one of the things he said at the end was that his particular taste was that he didn't want to ever date a woman with a tan and a six-pack because that meant that she wanted to get up at 5 a.m. and do crunches and right. he's not into, he's not into that sort of thing he's a pancakes in the morning oh sort my of person. gosh it's so funny it's uh yeah it's a it's a really lovely very smart very good um bit on body image so I recommend people look it up but um, yeah, I, I agree with you. Like there's, um, there's a bit of paralysis and I'm going to start sounding like a broken record, but you really, you don't, you don't know, you don't know that it's going to work in, uh, until you try it. And you, you won't know that people are not that horrible until you give them a chance. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean not that mean, but I mean, like not that scary like you can go talk to people and people talk back like you know talk to right. talk to strangers on the subway like these things are these things are totally possible and in fact like when you summon the courage to go out and be yourself whatever that means I think you're doing something really good for the world you know, so think of doing it for yourself and think of think of it as a noble thing that you're doing for the planet, too, because literally you're going out and sharing yourself and being open with other people. And what's more important than that? Hmm, exactly. And when you first started, like when you first started, like really diving into your research and figuring out what you needed to do for your own health, how did you block out? external sources <laughs> like that is that is what I really want to figure out you block them out I will still walk through a Barnes and Noble and just like barely catch out of the corner of my eye the women's health magazines and have like a shudder of oh my god I'm so ugly oh. <laughs> right like I I think the worst thing for body image right now is magazines mm -hmm. like hands down like yeah. tv is bad but like at least there are people like walking around doing stuff and there aren't like these bold letters like in bright font telling you that you're like not good enough right but that's right. that's all magazines do they stay they are a business of like they make money on you being what you are which really sucks so don't read magazines limit your exposure to commercials, like really just limit your exposure to, to the machine. And, and I'm not going to mm. tell you to go live in the woods. You know, I don't, I'm not doing that. I still live in a city, but, um, I, I limit my exposure to, to things that I think are, are bad influences. And then when I still encounter them, I just keep in my head like that buzz, that constant 
it's like a defense I have at the ready and I can spring it out when, when I need to that says you're doing the right thing. You're equally worthy. All women and all men are beautiful in their own ways. Like all of that sitting there in the back of my head. And, and I, I go to it when I feel it threatened. Yeah. It's really important to learn the art of self talk because it's really an art. It's so difficult to remember that you are the only voice inside of your head and it's so important that you're loud because you're going to have all of these things screaming at you day in, day out and it's up to you. You're the only person that can say, I don't want to hear it. You know, I'm complete. I've even thought about, I'm not going to do this, mom, don't worry. (laughs) But I've even thought about getting tattooed on me. I mean, I might do it, I don't know. But like whole you know, complete, like words that make me feel like enough without saying enough, because I don't really like saying I am enough. I like using words like complete, I'm whole, like there's no part, I'm kind of going on a tangent here, but really thinking about magazines and stuff, you know, you look at that and you're like, that's whole, like she's got it all together. But you know, in reality, that girl, she's getting paid, first of all, she's getting paid a lot of money to show up to those photo shoots, lots of money. So she knows she's about to be like, half clothed or naked for these magazines, even though it's going to be completely photoshopped anyways. But she's got to like diet forever. And her boyfriend probably is freaking sick of her if she has one because all she does is care about her body. And the minute she eats a sweet potato, she knows knows that the next day she's going to be bloated and she's upset. So it's like she's not probably the happiest person in the world. And like, I mean, I've been there. I've had like the, the six pack or the four pack and I was the weakest I've ever been in my whole life. I was the most miserable I've ever been in my whole life. I was the most alone I've never ever been in my whole life and unmotivated. I was not feeling very complete and not very very like full and whole and it's still I mean this doesn't really help me because when I look at magazines same as you I'll walk in go to Barnes and Noble see it I'm so ugly you know like same thing but <laughs> that self talk is like you know, constant thing. You just got to keep working on it. You got to keep building it. I could not agree with you more. And, um, and, and having other focuses, I think is really important too. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. all right, so there's that image thing, but I got a purpose in my life. You know, I've got people in my life I'm caring about all these different things. That's, that's really important. Um, which is a bit of a tangent. And I just want to say, I love what you're saying about completeness. And I, I think you're, you're putting your finger on something that's bothered me for a long time, which is this idea of people saying like, I am enough. Like to me, that's (laughs) that like accepts the fact that there is some sort of measurement to be made. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Which is ridiculous, but complete and whole doesn't have like a sliding scale involved in it somewhere. And that reminds Um, me of like, I'm the minimum, you know, it's kind of like I'm right reaching. I'm like, I'm, reaching the line. Like there's a line right there and I'm, I'm right there, you know? Right. It's like the difference between tolerance and affirmation. Like mm-hmm. I don't tolerate myself. I affirm myself. Right. Very important. Um, great. I'm so happy that you fixed that little thought in my head. <laughs> Thanks. Of course. Um, question then triggers besides like social media and those kind of things, whenever you were losing the weight, did you have like certain triggers? Like, um, I know for some people they can't do marathons anymore because you know that's gonna set them off, or you know they can't go to the gym anymore. They gotta stay outside because if they go in the gym, they'll feel tempted to go back in. Do you have anything like that these days? Um, then or now, either one. I think it was an important one for me, and I think it's important to talk to. A- um, with everybody about is when I see beautiful women, oh. I, I get, um, I get jealous and scared. Um, and this is something I talk about a lot in my writing and in the book is that like, we have this funny idea that there's like a certain amount of beauty in the world. And, and, and if somebody else is beautiful, then I'm not, but just because I see a beautiful person doesn't mean that my own beauty is any diminished. Like that's ridiculous. And that's, very important for me to remember because when I <laughs> when I was really thin I would see people who were thinner than me and think oh I need to be thinner and then I would see people bigger than me and be like oh my god I wish I had you know boobs at all like I was always whenever I saw somebody I envied what they had 
But that's ridiculous because we're all like our own thing and we can't be anything other than our own thing. So just be your own thing, you know? <laughs> be your own and, thing. Uh, be your own thing. And and I promise you, like, that somebody else having something different doesn't make yours less. Mm -hmm. It just makes it different. It's different. There's no, there's no, like, exact definition of beauty. And I keep saying that, but... I, I just, I can't stress it enough. Like, we keep thinking, like, there's this one type of beautiful, and we got to be as close to it as possible. And it's, it's so frustrating, and I still That's think ridiculous. this way. It's like, I, I know, and it's like, I don't know, when you really sit down in solitude and think about beauty, just, like, do it sometime, and your thoughts will go to a place that you've never been before. I, it's really hard to describe, but when I think about it, when I'm all alone, and I'm like, really trying to pinpoint beauty and usually this is after listening to like five episodes of somebody's podcast on you know self-awareness and beauty or whatever but I just dive deep and I think about just how many different genes there are in this world and some person some collective group of maybe men I don't know I don't want to be too feminist here but hey men <laughs> They maybe brainstormed about like something they all had in common that they liked. And they're like, hey, we like, you know, our girls to look this kind of way. And, you know, back then, like years ago, it was plump. It was full. And it was it was a certain kind of hairstyle. And and you know, they wanted girls that were round and, and white and pale because that meant like royalty. And that's what girls wanted to look like. And they were the thin girls. They were all like, oh my God, I need to go eat because I want to look plump. And now it's like the complete opposite. And and then all the girls who aren't looking like that are scrambling around, searching the internet, looking for these diet diets. And and, and the, another point before I like forget this is that I wanted to mention that something about gaining weight, let's just focus on a positive on about gaining weight. Because I normally don't talk about the positives, but something really cool about gaining weight is that it's really less noticeable whenever you are feeling bloated or if you gain a pound or lose a pound or gain a pound, you really don't know. You really can't tell, can't feel it. Like when you're really small, whatever, you're so obsessed with trying to keep that figure and you're so crazy. Like, because it is easy to lose. You have to be on top of it. You have to be straight up strict with your diet if you're trying to achieve a body size that isn't normal for you. I'm not saying everyone because some people are born with a very quick metabolism or with just a very slender body and they don't have to do anything. I'm not talking about you. I'm awesome for you, but I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about people who have fuller figures and they finally get down to that super lean body and then they have to be on top of it to keep it once you finally let that go and you do the intuitive eating thing and you let your body figure out its weight where it wants to be. There is no more stress because everything is regulated. Your body is just regulating it for you if you gain a little bit here and there, it's not going to be like, I mean, you're not really going to notice and it's going to feel, it's going to feel good. Am I making sense here? You are making sense. I'm agreeing with you maybe 70% because I know that it's like, we talk about intuitive eating and the hormones regulating themselves and it's all natural and isn't that great. We talk about that, but that's really an ideal because it's not that perfect and it is kind of stressful and you do go up in weight and down and like... I still get bloated and then my pants don't fit and I'm like what the you know what you know and I weigh 30 pounds more than I did last year so um, it's it's definitely I think what's good about it for me is that I no longer I notice less because I'm looking less it's not that the changes aren't there because I can see them if I want to as a matter of fact like I think so much of it is psychological like I think I'm the exact same size right now as I was when I woke up this morning, but I had a big meal for lunch, so I feel really bad about myself and like and too big, which is um, factually false. Mm -hmm. So I think the biggest gift is learning to not notice. Right. And. Um, and yeah, like you're, I mean, you're absolutely right. Like when you're in training mode, like you're in training mode, but I think everybody has problems with not noticing. And so the trick is just to have better trust and mm -hmm. better listening and 
less bad noticing. Mm. And it, it's not ever perfect, but it does. It is better, definitely. Oh yeah, that's such a good answer. That's a really good point. You're spot on with that. I mean, your body is going to change. You are going to notice. I mean, I definitely notice whenever I get bloated, for sure. But it it really is a psychological thing. You're not going to be focusing on it as much. You're not going to be concentrating on on as much because you have other passions that are replacing that. Right. And I'm sorry. My dog is underneath me. If you see me like looking around, she's trying to bark like crazy. She hears trying to keep her quiet. Anyways. Um, so we're, we're running up, uh, on the hour here and I've started this new question that I have to ask people. And the question is, if you could give anyone advice on how to strengthen their mind body connection to find peace with their mind body connection, to fulfill it, to make it better, what would you tell them? Huh. One thing for strengthening the mind-body connection. <laughs> Read my book. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> that's a joke. That is a joke. Um, I think. I think what I want to say is... There's a lot of things that I want to say, so I'm trying to choose between them right now. Mm-hmm. Take your time. I think what I really, I think what I really want people to think about the most. I'm a thought-based person, so I'm not going to give you a piece of an active advice. Um, we talk a lot about gratitude for the body, and um, I think a better way to, th- a more specific way to think about that is to um, really appreciate your body's attempt to be healthy and what you want it to, you know, a good, healthy, what you want it to be body. Um, I was using air quotes. (laughs) So everybody knows when I said that. Um, Because you can't be mad at a body that's doing its best. Like bodies are made to heal. Your body is made to heal. It's made to be as healthy as possible. And it's only been stymied by bad choices which are not necessarily your fault because it's you know the media told you or whatever somebody told you so it's been stymied by drugs and bad diets and and all sorts of harm that have come to it physically and psychologically and it's not its fault that it's doesn't look this one certain way that you like you know, want it to look or it doesn't feel as awesome as you want it to feel like it's trying really hard when your body is trying really hard you can't be mad at it and I think that's a really important tool for getting on the same side and learning to have forgiveness for where you like to accept where you are to have forgiveness for things that you're not really psyched about um, and then that is like the foundation for moving forward in a way that uh, you learn to love and embrace who you are Hmm. That's such that's a good answer. answer. That's such a good answer. It's unconditional self-love. It's very important. It is an art to master. So yeah, yeah, definitely. What would um, where where is your where is your next book headed? What kind of direction? Can you give us a little bit of insight on it and what's going on with Stephanie Rupar in the future? Yeah, um, a lot of things are changing. I'm actually moving away from finally. So in my other life, I'm a, I'm a professional philosopher. I know that sounds funny, but that's what I do. Um, and I am finally embracing that on the web. So I am sort of moving my, integrating my paleo life into the larger picture, which is um, Stephanie Ruper on certain things. So my next book is, is branching off a little bit. I'm pretty sure it's going to be this, but I, I might end up writing something else. I, I have like eight projects in the work. Right now I'm focusing on, on Love is the New Skinny. And Love is the New Skinny is going to be a theory of human beauty that I largely revolves around um, love for oneself and for others. And I'm, I'm working on the outline right now. I'm really excited about it. Um, I think it's going to be kind of smart and kind of powerful and um, even know what the cover is going to look like. So I'm pretty <laughs> excited. 
Oh, thanks for letting us know. That's awesome. And where can the uh, listeners find you online? Currently, you can find me at paleoforwomen.com. Uh, Paleo for Women is also the Facebook thing and the Twitter thing. Um, those will be changing sometime soonish, but it, they'll be easy. There'll be easy signposts all over the place. So, um, yeah, or Google Stephanie Rupert. That's a good way to do it too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us, Stephanie. I, I mean, like when you talk about confidence, you so are just the definition of confidence. Like even when I saw you at Paleo FX, I, I had seen your picture just a couple times before and I, I really didn't recognize it, but I could tell that girl has confidence, the way you're dressed, the way you're acting, like, I don't know, something about you, it just really shines through, so you're, you're getting after it, you're killing it, and I'm really excited for everyone to hear this episode, it was awesome. Thank you, Madeline, that was, that was a really kind thing to say. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, well, we'll see you next time. Okay, thanks, take care. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I'm Maddie Moon, and you've been listening to the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please be sure to rate and review it in the iTunes store, as well as subscribe. Also, please remember I'm glad to continue the conversation on my website, moonfitness.net, where you can also sign up for my free e-course, Mind Body Satisfaction Sacrifice Free. I created this e-course to help everyone that struggles with body image, dieting, overtraining, and negative self-esteem to learn how to not only accept who you are, but love who you are. This is coming from an ex-fitness model and bikini competitor, so trust me, I know what it's like to have those struggles and to want to be free of them. So please, if any of that sounds good, head on over to moonfitness.net and sign up. Thanks for listening.